Hello and welcome back to the Harnessing Tailwind podcast after a brief hiatus. It's been a little while and a lot has changed. Believe my last podcast was over the summer and now I'm recording here in the winter. So it's been about five months or so. Um, So much has happened in... um, I want to say in the world, um, I think over the past five months, I've almost been more focused on the world than I I ever have been in my life. Um, That is a combination of factors, but mainly because of interest. I've just had more interest in what's going on in the world more than I ever have, especially in light with some of some uh, drastic, drastic uh, news about things that are going on in our world and in our country. So that had prompted me to sort of change gears in regard to the genre that I was interested in writing about. So as many of you know, I published a memoir this past, about a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, actually. Um, It was called Harnessing Tailwind. It is still available on the Amazon store and it is available for ebook or for hardcover. Um, you can get that right now. It is, it is live. So, um, that has been published, is available to the public, um, and was a great experience publishing it. Um, but sort of ended up change, wanting to change gears a little bit, um, just in, in a couple of ways. One is that the memoir that I wrote is pretty much all about what happened in my life and I covered pretty much up to this point in time. So there wasn't really too much of a purpose in writing another such thing. I sort of, I mean, clearly there are more things in my life that I could write about, um, but it didn't seem to be quite as important to me as the reflections about that I've had about the world and about the direction of America, of, of America, of our country. <clears throat> so having the first book about me and all my personal lessons, um, I wanted to address basically what I've been seeing in the world um, and work in a way that is going to help shed light on the on the facts of of what the world is going through and on the facts of what is happening to our country so the the main the main i think driver of this is sort of a it's sort of having to do with 
some uh, a, a book that I some other books that I've read since I published my book. Um, mainly, there there was one that sort of struck me um, by a British journalist who um, wrote a book that that kind of hit home to me. Um, it was called it's called The War on the West by a guy named Douglas Murray. He is a British journalist and he sort of is talking about how there is a lot of uh, basically uh, sentiment about um, people who don't love America and people who think it's actually not a good place to be and that it is it doesn't stand for um, a lot of good things, especially given our country's history. Um, we've had a lot of bad things that have happened here and a lot of bad um, foundings with sort of our um, uh, country being built upon slavery. Um, and so we do have a lot of, uh, of bad parts of our past that can start to foster a, um, a sense of that we live in a place that is that needs to be changed that needs to be changed to get rid of the hatred and the evil in it um however i think that that is really looking focusing on the negative parts of it um this this kind of my thoughts about about this country really stem from how did I get here and how did and why did I get here? I, I mean, if, if you look at um, the United States of America, it is pretty much a, um, a beautiful, beautiful strip of land that goes from the Atlantic to the Pacific and it, it's, it's really in a unique position that we're not surrounded by enemies and, and we sort of had a fresh start at creating a, a government based off of the enlightenment principles of Europe and it's pretty, pretty amazing when you think of the old world versus the new world and just what the country means. I, I mean, what does what the word America even come from? Um, and, and it was basically a German map maker who was making a map of the world. And most people believe that Columbus had actually made it to India, that he had made it to the other side of the world, hence the name uh, Indians and American Indians. Um, but this German guy um, thought that this was actually a different strip of, of land that wasn't connected to, um, to East Asia. And he didn't know what to call it, but there was this other explorer who, whose name is uh, Amerigo, an Italian explorer who Ironically, he had never set foot in North America, but he had explored South America and he had an idea that this wasn't part of India. This was a new landmass 
And when the German map maker was trying to decide what to call, to call it, he, he devoted it to this guy, America, who believed it was um, this other place. Uh, and so there became this new place called the New World. So when you look at what happened here, it was basically a new start at humanity um, and civilization. Um, now, that didn't come with... Uh, basically one of the worst kind of extinctions of a group of people. Um, what, when you look at the size of the, of the United States and North America, even South America and the population that was there, it was estimated that there were, I want to say, six... Uh, upwards of six or seven million Native Americans in the United States, um, Mexico even larger with the Aztec Empire, um, and the Incas as well, which is a little bit of a different story with the Spanish explorers. But um, in a similar way, uh, the people were wiped out by diseases and by wars and by extermination um, and it was basically this bloodshed between the the colonizers and the people being colonized. Um, and I think that that sentiment is what the book I had mentioned, uh, War in the West, has highlighted as we are founded in evil. Um, but I think as a person who's written across the United States you start to have this sentiment of, wow, this place is amazing, just by talking with the people. Now, I didn't necessarily uh, go to every place in the country. I went to um, mainly just kind of the, the back roads, the little towns, the blue collar kind of places and, and just kind of the most most amazing um, little towns in the middle of Nebraska, in the mountains of Idaho, um, in the plains of eastern Oregon and, and the kind of Dr. Seuss looking type of land in central Oregon and um, had the, the, the I want to say, either the honor or the, the um, the blessing of being able to do that twice. And, you know, the, the first time I did it, um, it was so amazing. I wanted to do it a second time. Um, and while I can't say that that made me understand everything in America as a whole, it gave me a really good sense for who are these people that live here? What, what is, what, what is this place like beyond the 20 mile radius that I spent 95% of my life in thus far being the Boston area, which is um, really quite a bubble of, of liberalism versus the conservative places that I, that I rode through. Um, and what I found was a huge difference in lifestyle and a huge difference in the huge difference in 
just the way of life in these these two places, but in in both places, in suburban Boston and throughout the United States, um, throughout the red states and the blue that I grew up in, um, the vast majority of it are good people on both sides. Um, the red, the people who are Republicans, the people who are Democrats, and what I'm what I'm scared of now and what I'm seeing is that each side is terrified and um, is really starting to hate the other side. And it's, it's a bit scary because you just see people who will say, oh, you're blue, then I hate you. Or you're red, then I hate you and I hate what you stand for and vice versa. I see it so much with um, people who who villainize others, who villainize the other side for that they they believe in this in this evil empire and and our empire is the good one and the other side is the bad one. Um, I I just don't think that's the right way to approach it, um, but I think that it's important to understand where both sides are coming from. Um, and it's good to listen to each side. So with that, I decided to write a book, which is a case for centrism in the United States, a case for not being too extreme on the left or not being too extreme on the right, but really just finding uh, some common ground, um, being able to talk things out to be reasonable and have it sort of not too hot, not too cold, but just right. And for that reason, I'm, named, I'm naming it Goldilocks America because I think that Goldilocks is a great thing to strive for, to not be going wildly on the left where you want to have men competing in women's sports, um, but not go so so far on the right where, you know, you're doing some other crazy stuff like storming the Capitol and, um, you know, uh, other things about saying things that are, that are um, very much homophobic or um, very much um, marginalizing people who are, who are homosexual. So, I think that there's some place to meet in between and my goal with this book is to present both sides. So for each topic that is sort of polarizing the country, whether that's immigration or abortion or transgenderism or whatever it may be i want to i want to really understand where each side is coming from why is the left believing the things that they are why is the right believing the things that they are and why is there a a right and a left what does it mean to be democrat or republican is it really um is it really rooted in a foundational 
difference in ideology or is it more so of just being born in this group and having these friends and just being in this tribe and just believing what the tribe tells you. Um, for that reason, I, I do think it's important to have a critical sense of view for any topic that you are presented with um, and not just believe something because you're, that's what everyone else believes. At the, on the other hand, I think it's impossible to know everything about the true details about every immigration policy and every foreign policy uh, decision and every, every war. And I think sometimes we have to listen to people that we trust and to voices that are credible and let ourselves form our opinions based off that. But what I'm going to try to do at this point is present facts and uh, anecdotes uh, uh, in my life or anecdotes of uh, uh, occurrences of the past. Um, really a really a, uh, a good contrast between history and policy. I want to almost root this more in history because I think history is the best way to learn lessons about what to do today. If we know that they tried this policy and it failed miserably under these circumstances, then maybe we don't want to do that again. Um, I think that's sort of the sort of the the benefit of learning history, but at the same time, I do think that it's also important to think about what is right and what is wrong and to be able to use reasoning, um, to use common sense and to know that when something is, is wrong, um, that you can call that out. So I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not a rabbi. I'm not a, I don't have a degree in political science, um, but I don't think that I need those qualifications to give an informed opinion uh, based off of facts and research um, and, and really come up with with a, a good explanation of where each side sits on these polarizing topics, why they sit on those sides, and what I think is is the right way to to go about it and some for some opinions i'm gonna i'm gonna go on the with the left um for things like gun control i i feel like i'm on more on the left with but for things about um trans uh gender affirming care i feel like i'm more on the right with and and i don't think there's anything wrong with presenting that so i think that maybe some people will get some people on the left would be mad at me for for um saying some things about the transgenderism and some people on the right would be mad at me for saying some things about um about the gun reform and even even about uh, abortion where i i land on um uh i want to say center but on the pro-choice 
side of things up to a cert, up to uh, the first trimester. So um, I do think that that taking abortion, for example, you could allow it for on the left you might say it should be allowed up until whenever up until nine months on the right you would say it should be completely banned and everywhere um i I think that there is a middle ground in the center to say that it should be banned for a second and third trimester so um but allowed otherwise because people make mistakes so these topics are going to be very polarizing um, but I think it, 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 it roots from, it roots from me wanting to one, understand all these issues and inform myself and two inform my audience at the same time. And also rooted in the love of this country, um, going back to how I, got here and my ancestors got here we got here because half of my family was fleeing religious persecution for being jewish in europe and the other half came to the u.s because they needed to make money they were poor they weren't gonna they they didn't have enough to feed their families um and so those two things combined really represent freedom and economic opportunity. And I think that if I could summarize what this country means to me, it's those two things combined. Um, In in that I'm allowed to say what I want. I'm allowed to um, practice my religion without anyone objecting to it or telling me I can't. And I have plenty of opportunities to find a job, to make money, to um, eventually feed a, uh, feed a family of my own. So those two things combined, I think, are, are very beautiful things. Um, and I, I thank my, my uh, ancestors for coming here and for, for doing that. Do I agree with all of the ways that everything that's happening in America? No, of course not. Um, but I think that this this book may be a good way to really look at all these topics, understand both sides, and and be able to find a place in the center that is most reasonable and therefore get to the Goldilocks of policy and therefore creating a Goldilocks America. So... I know that was a mouthful of, of ideas and, and thoughts, and it's still, it's still a work in progress. The book is, I want to say, about 20% done. Um, I'm still working a full-time job at this point versus my last, when I was writing my last book, so I had a, a bit more time to just focus on that. But um, I'm hoping that even with this episode um, and um, with, with you all listening, that this can, uh, in a way, hold me more accountable to to continue on with writing. Um, I think writing is is an amazing an amazing op, uh, activity to do, and it's it's just especially when you're writing about policies and you need to actually do your research and 
clarify things that you didn't even really understand completely before and now now maybe once you do some research your opinion changes so it's been a good process for me um it's been a different process with a memoir there's no fact checking cuz first of all i know what happened in my life better than anyone else and second of all there's not really a way to fact check it because there's no uh evidence of what i ate for lunch 10 years ago or um where i went on a tuesday in 2012 but the this book um i'm going to be providing uh my my uh my sources it's going to be cited so it's going to be more of a kind of research paper mixed with um opinion and uh history lesson at the same time it's going to be it's going to be crazy it's going to be a lot different as i said a change in gears um and as always i'm looking for feedback whether or not you want to take part in in reading some of my early editions or my drafts um and also if you just have any thoughts on on the uh pod, of, of what I'm planning to do if you have any ideas of topics you want to have it covered whether it's abortion or immigration or gun reform I'd love to hear from you so please don't be a stranger reach out um and uh appreciate you listening stay tuned for more thanks guys yeah.